0: Welcome
1: to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. In 2017, China opened its first overseas military base in Djibouti at the Horn of Africa. The same year, it launched and two years later commissioned the first Chinese-made aircraft carrier Shandong. China is now both the second largest funder of UN peacekeeping operations, most of which take place in Africa, and the second largest seller of arms on the African continent. These developments are part of China's emergence as a global security actor. A new study, called China's growing peace and security role in Africa, views from West Africa and implications for Europe, by the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung and the Mercator Institute for China Studies, looks at the impact of China's emergence as a security actor on West Africa. It comes to the conclusion that China's engagement as a security actor is growing significantly. It remains limited in key ways, and its approach is different from Africa's traditional security partners from Europe and the US. Hello, my name is Johannes heller and to talk about the study and its conclusions, I'm joined by its author, former Merrick's Visiting Academic Fellow and current Konrad Adenauer Stiftung Researcher, Tom Bays. Welcome, Tom.
0: Hi, Johannes. Thanks for having me.
1: Let's delve right in. China's engagement in Africa is often portrayed as being purely economic. But as we have heard in the introduction, China's engagement as a security actor in Africa is rising. Is this a coherent policy on the side of China?
0: Yes, it's, of course, absolutely right that the economic and commercial dimensions of the relationship remain central and and indeed dominate. But what we've seen in the last few years is Beijing quite clearly aiming for a deeper role in African peace and security. So, for example, this has been set as a one of the eight priority areas for the current cycle of the Forum on China-Africa cooperation. Uh, we saw, for example, last year, 2019, uh, the first China-Africa Peace and Security Forum. So there's a clear sense that China is consciously trying to expand its its activities and its role and its status as a security actor on the African continent. So this Beijing policy goal is certainly beginning to have real noticeable impact on the, on the ground in Africa and it's definitely attracting a lot of attention within Africa and of course beyond. So that's the motivation of this report, to try and look at what China is doing exactly and why, but also what does it mean, how is it perceived from the West African perspective and what does it mean for European stakeholders.
1: As you mentioned right now, you're looking at the perspective from West Africa. How did you come to choose this area specifically?
0: Yeah, there were a number of reasons for that. So on one level, West Africa is a useful, interesting case study somewhat serving as as somewhat shedding light on the continent as a whole but there are of course specificities to the region or sub-region for example from the chinese perspective it is a current priority to deepen china's uh, engagement with west africa so we see that for example with senegal in west africa being the next co-host of the uh, focac the forum of china africa cooperation to be held in dakar next year West Africa is also a sub-region with quite extensive and significant security challenges, um, for example, the Gulf of Guinea piracy issue, terrorism in the Sahel. So there's a range of security challenges with which we could see China engaging as an emergent security actor. And then finally, from a European perspective, West Africa is of particular interest to European stakeholders as part of Europe's wider neighborhood and specifically concerns around terrorism but indeed also irregular migration across the Mediterranean. So so that's what motivated the interest in West Africa as a a case study for the whole of China-Africa security engagement.
1: The results of the report are based on quite extensive fieldwork in the region. You did over 60 interviews with very different partners in eight countries between October 2019 and February 2020. Could you highlight for us whom did you talk to, what kind of partners did you talk to, and also what were the challenges that you faced uh, when, you, when you did the fieldwork there?
0: Yes, as you say, I was uh, lucky enough to manage to get to do the fieldwork before all of the COVID crisis kicked off. Um, I spoke to uh, a considerable range of different stakeholders in those various countries. So on the one hand, on the West African side, uh, current and former senior military officers, government officials, and then also officials from international organizations, including the African Union and ECOWAS, the Economic Community of West African States. And then also a range of uh, international parties, for example, Military attaches, diplomats from outside of Africa, and other civil society uh, stakeholders and actors. In terms of challenges, yes, of course, uh, with any fieldwork, there's the key challenge of getting access to the right people. And I think that's particularly the case, as I think listeners can imagine, with a subject here, military affairs, which traditionally attract a certain amount of sensitivity. Uh, And here it was absolutely crucial to have the support of the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung. The foundation has offices in several of the countries I visited, so I was really grateful to be able to benefit from the access that those uh, presences, those offices uh, provided. Um, I think it's worth saying that while I was lucky to gain access to a whole range of interesting interviewees, unfortunately, but not entirely surprisingly, no Chinese government officials were available for interview.
1: Did you talk to Chinese business people, though?
0: Yeah, I was able to talk to uh, private Chinese individuals um, from both uh, large and well-known Chinese companies and some smaller operators um, to discuss their views of the security situation and uh, China's approach to it, which I think is interesting in the context of um, Beijing's recent moves to expand its consular protection and non-combatant evacuation operations, as we saw, for example, in Libya and several times since.
1: You just said that China is actively seeking a bigger role in peace and security in Africa. Why is
0: that? Well, there's definitely a range of motives. I think, firstly, as people will expect... China's considerable and rapidly growing economic interests on the continent are definitely a strong pull factor. And we've seen that in several of the key developments in China's security policy in Africa. So, for example, it's much more forward-leaning approach to the South Sudan-Sudan crises. Um, as many listeners will be aware, China has considerable oil and gas interests in Sudan and later South Sudan. Um, There's also the dimension, as I just touched on, regarding Chinese citizens on the continent. The common estimate is 1 million, but there are no authoritative statistics, but many, many Chinese citizens uh, on the continent. And the Chinese Party state is, of course, looking to uh, demonstrate that it is willing and able to protect its citizens around the world. So that's a key pull as well. But although there's two quite pragmatic motivations are central i would really stress also the political goals of of what china is trying to achieve here so on the one hand um a deeper contribution to a greater contribution to african peace and security is a way to strengthen um so there's a chance to deepen chinese ties with african countries rebalancing the relationships away from purely commercial exchanges as we touched on a minute ago and then also on a global level this is an opportunity for China to demonstrate that it is a responsible great power to uh, reassure other parties outside of Africa of its good intentions, um, and also very concretely within the United Nations. So you mentioned in your intro about China being a major contributor to UN peacekeeping operations that, of course, builds Chinese influence and political capital within the UN system. And we're already seeing key, clear examples of uh, Chinese diplomats trying to cash in that political capital for political outcomes or change norms more in favor with the Chinese Communist Party. So on the one level, that could be a defensive thing, uh, a way to see off criticism of China, of the Communist Party's priorities at home, or it could be more proactively trying to change norms, change policies. So we've seen, for example, Chinese diplomats seeking to cut funding to more democratization focused activities and human rights activities within UN peacekeeping operations
1: how serious an actor is china in west africa already i mean the stated goals seem very ambitious very big but how serious are they on the ground yet
0: yeah as i mentioned a minute ago it's it's a region where china's presence is growing it to some extent lagged behind other African subregions, in terms of the depth of the Chinese presence, so Eastern Africa, Southern Africa, were more central to China's activities. What we've seen clearly in the last few years is um, a really strong growth in China's economic presence, um, for example, in countries like Cote d'Ivoire, uh, countries where, particularly the Francophone countries in the sub-region, where Chinese companies and diplomats were somewhat behind. And we're seeing them catching up very significantly, and that is visible economically but increasingly also politically and indeed here in terms of security affairs.
1: Concretely, what are Chinese actors doing in the peace and security realm in West Africa?
0: Mm. Beijing's taking a number of approaches to building its status as a peace and security actor in West Africa. So on the one hand, this is diplomatic, so there's been a A definite uptick in military diplomacy in the shape of more Chinese military attaches in the region, more military visits, for example, port visits. Chinese diplomats and leaders often emphasize that their approach to uh, peace and security engagement in Africa is focused on building African capacity um, to aid African solutions to African problems. So one dimension of that is hardware. Uh, China, as you mentioned, has emerged as the second largest arms supplier to the African continent. So within West Africa, we're seeing a lot of arms sales, but also donations from the Chinese side, both of lethal and non-lethal military equipment. And this is not just small arms and light weapons, although that remains key, but we're seeing sales and donations of larger and more sophisticated platforms, even including combat drones. And this capacity building has its software dimension too, so China is clearly emphasising an expanded offer of training to West African militaries. But striking here is that the focus is heavily on military education for African officers taking place at Chinese institutions in China rather than the uh, rather than training activities taking place on the ground in, in West Africa. Although some of that is happening, it remains much more small scale, which is interesting because it suggests there's a focus just as much on building Chinese influence as building African capacity. Finally, also peacekeeping. China has participated in all UN peacekeeping operations in West Africa since the turn of the millennium. But what's notable here is how that has changed over time. So uh, originally limited to just a handful of military observers, for example, in Sierra Leone and Cote d'Ivoire, and then a significant expansion for the mission in Liberia, where China provided large numbers of engineers, medics and later police officers. And then more recently, in the only ongoing UN peacekeeping operation in the the sub-region MINUSMA in Mali, where China for the first time has provided armed infantry, uh, a small contingent of uh, security forces guarding the base at Gao in northern Mali.
1: This is Merrick's Experts. You're listening to my conversation with Tom Bays. He's the author of the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung and Merricks report China's Growing Peace and Security Role in Africa, Views from West Africa and Implications for Europe. I'm personally no expert on peace and security in Africa, so I would like you to highlight what are the differences between Chinese engagement in the region and those of other actors from Europe and the US, for example
0: in their statements Chinese leaders and diplomats often stress those differences as being focused on that that prioritization of capacity building for african solutions to african problems that's certainly not unique to to china other partners are focused on that as well but there are certainly some significant differences so i touched on it there with that um with the training being so focused on military education That's quite different from the US approach or the approach by European actors who are much more deeply involved, for example, in very large-scale and programmatic annual uh, joint military exercises on the part of the US, but also on the European side, very large um, security sector reform and training programs. So, for example, in Mali, where the EU missions have trained a third of the the malian armed forces that 's something where we don 't see China present at all, similarly, the um, provision of Chinese military advisers seconded to uh, African presidencies or ministries of defense or or militaries that 's somewhere something where the Chinese uh, remain absent and that 's different from not only Western partners but also Russia for example. But the key difference is in terms of China's response to crisis and its willingness or ability to intervene in a security crisis in West Africa or indeed elsewhere in Africa. And here, China is is largely absent, so it doesn't have the kind of permanent or semi permanent military presence that France has or the US has, um, and it also, of course, has much more limited willingness to intervene in a security crisis. That's, of course, started to change in the last few years with greater participation in UN peacekeeping. But that remains an important limit on China's role as a security actor in West Africa.
1: We now talked about outside views on West Africa and activities in West Africa. But maybe we should also talk about the people in West Africa itself. So what is the perception of the Chinese engagement in Western Africa?
0: Well, from my conversations with West African uh, military officers, government officials, uh, security sector stakeholders and civil society actors, uh, what really did come out was that there's a clear sense of China's role expanding, be it with those increased arms sales or a significant increase in training exchanges, for example. But of course, there is a clear perception that China's role remains fundamentally economic for some people, this growing economic role suggests that China has a greater responsibility to uh, participate in uh, security affairs in the sub-region, or that it simply leads to a greater expectation of a Chinese role. Um, but I think one thing that was really clear was an, uh, an awareness and understanding of the limitations of China's role. So as, I, as I said, in a security crisis like we saw in Mali in 2012 or Cote d'Ivoire in 2010-11, there would be no expectation as yet for China to take a lead in the way that France in those cases or potentially the US might take. So that remains distant.
1: What does the Chinese engagement in Western Africa mean for Europe?
0: Europe does have considerable interests in the region, of course commercial but also political, quite uh, deep and long-standing relationships. Certainly when one talks about France or the UK, But Europe more broadly is taking a much more active role, an important role, in political and security affairs in the sub-region in the recent years. So, for example, Germany's role has grown considerably. On the one hand, the Bundeswehr participating in the MINUSMA mission in Mali, but also very considerable uh, German funding uh, for a whole range of development and security activities in the Sahel and elsewhere in West Africa. So on one level, China's emerging activism in West African peace and security suggests an emergence of a new and quite influential security partner in a region of strategic importance to Europe. But I think what I would stress from the conclusions of my research is that uh, it's, it's it's more in the political dimension where China's growing security role is, is going to have an impact. So it's not necessarily so much in terms of reshaping security dynamics or a military impact of the Chinese role. But the fact that China's growing security role comes alongside a really considerable economic and diplomatic Influence in West Africa and, of course, throughout Africa as a whole. So, I think for Europe, the implications are particularly in the uh, geopolitical, political, diplomatic dimensions, both in terms of their relationships with uh, individual African countries, with the African Union, but of course also within the United Nations, uh, where, as I've suggested, this growing Chinese contribution to peace and security in Africa is expected to. Grow China's influence and allow Beijing to uh, wield much greater influence within United Nations policy and political outcomes. So, in terms of my policy recommendations, which are included in the report, I don't think there's any need to drastically reshape Europe's approach to peace and security cooperation with West Africa. Of course, it's important to sustain its already uh, sizable contributions, both. Um, directly with West African countries, but also, for example, with the G5 Sahel or within UN peacekeeping operations. Um, an important area of this is the interactions between China and Europe militarily. So there, I think one of the key recommendations is to uh, to devise some European principles of engagement with the PLA. We know that the PLA is definitely interested in in greater interaction with European militaries, so joint exercises, joint training. So I think that's something where uh, Europe needs to be conscious of the implications of that, what that means. So I think some guidelines comparable to what the US military has would be important. And obviously, against that background, strategic decisions about what does China's growing security role in Africa actually mean for the development of political affairs and security affairs on the continent? And, and how does that influence Europe's interests and values? Um, of course, it's to be encouraged where China is able to make positive, substantive contributions to security on the continent, which in at least some cases is, is the case. With China's influence on the continent only growing, there, of course, needs to be... Uh, cooperation or at least coordination between Europe and China on African uh, political and security affairs of course bringing in the Europe the African side too um, and we already see that with for example the EU's um Africa policy dialogue annually with with Beijing but i think a, a greater effort to um to to build a habit of cooperation, including on the ground at a working level, which so far doesn't exist, I think that would be highly beneficial
1: Waging a look ahead you mentioned before that uh, China's uh, importance as a security actor uh, will grow substantially, but not uh, to a very large extent where do you see China in like 5 years, 10 years as a peace and security actor in Western Africa?
0: Yes, I think in the next five years, China's activities and China's influence, therefore, are likely to continue to grow. Uh, certainly within the training, cooperation, I've stressed that so far the focus is on um training of African military officers taking place within China, but there are there have already been first steps taken towards joint exercises, for example, um, off the Gulf of Guinea in the naval domain. I think that's likely to grow in West Africa because we're already seeing that in other regions worldwide, but also in Africa, for example, uh, with Chinese joint exercises with the Tanzanian military. One thing that will, of course, be interesting to watch is the change in the Chinese approach to security crises uh, and willingness to intervene. So uh, so in 2017, China completed the registration of its UN peacekeeping standby force of 8,000 troops, and that will be interesting to see how that might be used in the case of a crisis in West Africa or or elsewhere. And of course, arms supply will continue to grow considerably. Chinese weapons are very attractively priced, and the Chinese side is is very actively encouraging their, their purchase within West Africa. As I discuss in the report, um, quality has been an issue with some of those Chinese weapons, leading to considerable frustration amongst uh, certain West African militaries. Some of the, my interviewees saying that they would uh, avoid further Chinese purchases, so that will be remain to be seen whether or not Chinese arms are actually able to reliably and sustainably enhance West African military capabilities. And that could indeed have, if, if so, it could indeed have a positive impact on West African military's ability to, to combat the Islamist groups and insurgents in the Sahel. So I think those limits to the scale and nature of China's security role are going to remain important in the next five, ten years. But it's going to grow as just one dimension of China's considerable and rapidly expanding influence in the subregion.
1: Thank you, Tom, for joining us again.
0: Thank you very much for having me.
1: The report, China's growing security role in Africa, views from West Africa, implications for Europe by the Konrad-Adenauer Stiftung and Merix will be published on the 16th of July. For more information, visit the Merix website or follow the Konrad-Adenauer Stiftung and Merix on social media. Thank you all for listening. Hear you next time. Goodbye. You have been listening to Merix Experts, the podcast from the Mercator Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merix.org.